0: Va'etchanan, the infinite game. The popular author and TED lecturer Simon Sinek recently published a book entitled The Infinite Game. Based on the distinction first articulated by James Cass, it's about the difference between two types of enterprise. One a finite game has a starting and ending point. It obeys rules, recognizes boundaries and has winners and losers. Most sports are like this, so often it is politics. There are campaigns, elections, rules, regulations, successful and defeated candidates. Businesses can be run this way when they focus on quarterly profits, share prices, market share and the like. But there are also infinite games. These have no starting point or finishing line, no clear winners and losers, no agreed rules or boundaries. Art is like this, so are music and literature. Beethoven didn't win, Bach didn't lose. Great artists changed the rules. That's what Beethoven, Schoenberg and Stravinsky did, and so did Van Gogh, Cezanne and Picasso. Politics can be like this when it rises above opinion polls and sets its vision on larger issues of justice, equality, and the moral health of society. Education is a finite game when it focuses on exam results and qualifications, but it can be an infinite game when it's about breadth and depth of understanding and character development. Finite games are played to win. Infinite games are played for their own sake. Finite games are usually performed in front of an audience of some kind. Infinite games are participative. We engage in them because we're changed by them. Van Gogh didn't need to sell paintings to regard art as worthwhile. Beethoven wasn't seeking popularity when he wrote his late sonatas and quartets. James Joyce was not aiming at a bestseller when he wrote Ulysses. Infinite games are not means to an end, winning the championship or beating the market or victory in an election. Instead, they are what psychologists call autotelic, that is, they contain their purpose within themselves. We do them because the activity is inherently creative, demanding, uplifting and ennobling. It should be clear by now that these are not simply two types of game There are two different ways of playing a game. If, in any country at any time, politics is treated as a finite game in which all that matters are popularity ratings and election results, then it quickly becomes superficial, trivial and uninspiring. The quality of leadership declines. The public becomes cynical and disillusioned. Trust is eroded and the social bond becomes frayed. When politics is lifted by a sense of history and destiny on the part of its leaders, when it becomes not the pursuit of power but a form of service to others and social responsibility, when it's driven by high ideals and ethical aspiration, then leadership becomes statesmanship and politics itself a noble calling. Now this isn't to denigrate finite games. We need them. Because in many spheres of life we need rules, boundaries, and time limits. But we must also have space for infinite games, because they are among the highest expressions of the human spirit. These reflections are prompted by two verses in today's parsha. Be sure to keep the commandments, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God has enjoined on you. Do what is right and good. Tov in the sight of the Lord. The problem here is that the first verse seems to cover all 613 of the Torah's mitzvahs, their commandments, decrees, or laws. So why does the Torah add, do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord? Surely doing what's right and good is no more and no less than keeping God's commands, decrees, and laws. Are these not two ways of saying the same thing? However, as the Talmud explains, You shall do what is right and good in the eyes of the Lord, means that one should not perform an action that is not right and good, even if you are legally entitled to do so. This is the basis of an important law in Judaism, Dinah Debar Metzra, the law of the adjoining property. When a landowner comes to sell attractive land, the owner of the adjacent land has the right to buy it. If it's sold to someone else, the buyer must return the land to the neighbour who then reimburses them for the price they paid for it. This law isn't about landownership as such. In general, a landowner has the right to sell to whomever they choose. It's about doing the right and the good, what people sometimes call menschlichkeit. To the neighbour... The purchase of the land is an immense good. They can expand without dissipating their land holdings in different locations. To the outsider, losing this purchase is not a significant loss because they can acquire other fields elsewhere. The law of Bar departs from the usual principles of law in order to achieve a moral end, helping one's neighbor. Rashi, basing himself on this Talmudic passage, says that doing the right and good in the eyes of the Lord means din, compromise and acting beyond the strict demands of the law. Ramban agrees, but goes on to make a fascinating and fundamental point. And the intention of this is that from the beginning God said to keep God's commandments, testimonies, and laws as God commanded them, and now it says, even regarding what God did not command, pay attention to do what is good and right in God's eyes, because God loves goodness and righteousness. This is important because it's impossible to mention in the Torah all the details of people's behavior with neighbors and friends, or business conduct or local ordinances. The Torah mentions many such laws such as don't gossip, don't take vengeance or bear a grudge, don't stand idly by the blood of your neighbor, don't insult the deaf, rise before the aged and so on. And now it states generally that one should do what is good and right regarding everything including compromise and acting beyond the strict demands of the law. Ramban seems to be concurring with Rashi, but actually he's making a somewhat different point. Rashi is saying, keep the law and go beyond it. Ramban is saying that there are some things that can't be specified by law, because it's impossible to mention in the Torah all the details of people's behavior. The Torah gives us specific examples. Don't gossip, don't take revenge. But the rest depends on the situation, the circumstance, and the personal people you're dealing with. In the terms we encountered at the beginning of this essay, not all the Torah is a finite game. Much of it is. There are rules, commands, decrees, laws. There's halakha, there are boundaries, milk, meat, public domain, private domain. There are beginnings and endings. The earliest time to say the morning shaman, the latest time. There are successes and defeats. Either you do or you don't complete the counting of the Yomah. All of this is finite even though it is dedicated to the one who is infinite. Ramban's point, however, which is also made by the Magid Mishnah, is that there are significant areas of the moral life that cannot be reduced to rules. That's because rules deal in generalities, and human lives are particular. We're all different, so is every situation in which we find ourselves. Good people know when to speak, when to be silent, when to praise, when to challenge. They hear the unspoken word, sense the concealed pain. They focus on other persons rather than on themselves. They're guided by a deeply internalized moral sense that leads them instinctively away from anything less than the right and the good. The right and the good in the sight of the Lord is about the part of the moral life that is an infinite game. There is a fine account of such a person in Psalm 15. One whose walk is blameless, who does what's righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, who does no wrong to a neighbour, casts no slur on others, keeps an oath even when it hurts, and doesn't change their mind. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. I believe that we make a fundamental error when we think that all we need to know and keep are the rules. Governing interactions bin adam between us and our fellows. The rules are essential, but they are also incomplete. We need to develop a conscience that doesn't permit us to wrong harm or hurt somebody, even if the rules permit us to do so. The moral life is an infinite game which cannot be reduced to rules. We need to learn and internalize a sense of the right and the good. Shabbat Shalom.